The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, our show is about privacy with regard to security. And today we're going to be interviewing a wonderful guest that I actually met on Facebook, And you know how I get worried about Facebook. But it was on a Facebook page that deals with privacy. It's a group that we formed of privacy and security experts. And that's how Alan Pratt and I met. He is wonderful. He is a technology expert with an emphasis on networking and information security. He has earned several CompTIA certifications in hardware, software, networking, and security. So he's a real techie. He also has an MBA degree and lots of marketing experiences. Combined with his IT certifications makes him a top-notch, all-around guy. I think we're just going to call him a renaissance man with regard to the information (laughs) age. Yeah, Alan has the communication and technology skills that that all of us really need to learn about, and that's why I invited him on the show. And he's actually been a marketing professional for 10 years And he has learned all the nuances of computer hardware and all these techie issues and the details into easy-to-understand information for websites, for brochures, and for other tools that sales teams needed, and really for people like us who maybe are are really privacy experts or privacy-concerned, but we maybe don't have that expertise that he has. He has all sorts of expertise, including installation, maintenance of hardware, software, printers, wireless networking. I'd like to adopt this guy, actually, and just bring him here. Bring him down to Orange County. But Alan Alan has a Twitter account that, you know, you're going to hear more about him. But, of course, on KUCI.org slash privacy piracy, you'll see his picture, his bio, links to his links for his Twitter and Facebook account. But you can look at his blog at Tips for Tech. That's T I P S. The number four tech t e c h dot wordpress dot com, and also you can go to his Twitter account and go twitter dot com slash tips for tech. That's the number four, and um, I think you can find a lot. And that links to the WordPress as well as his Facebook. In case you're on Facebook, so thanks so much for joining us, Alan. You Renaissance techie guy. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, that's what my in-laws said, too, when I first met them. Uh, they wanted to adopt me, but fortunately I was marrying their daughter, so they didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> 
So how is it, let's go back a little, how is it that you got into all this technology and became such a techie? Well, first, before I begin, let me just tell your listeners that I'm working at a startup at the moment, and we're kind of in cubicle farm, so if it gets a little noisy, it's uh, that's why I'm trying to speak as loudly as I can to overcome that, but you may occasionally hear things in the background. And, and um, then we know that you're, this is a real techie environment, too. So yeah, that, that kind of adds to the ambiance. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's called no privacy. <laughs> All right, I so started, you were, yeah, tell after us. getting my MBA, um, yeah, I started in uh, marketing. And ironically, I started marketing high tech. I was uh, working as marketing director for several high-tech companies before the bubble burst in um, late 1999, early 2000. And what I found was I had a knack for computers. I was able to take them apart and put them back together again, and I really I had no formal training. I just knew how to do it. So that was my first clue. Then after the bubble, I started working for other types of firms, also in uh, capacity of marketing director. And what would happen is people would come to me with questions about their computer, or... Uh, I would ask tech support to do something for me, and, of course, they never got around to it, so I did it myself. So I finally decided that I guess computers were going to be my life, and what finally cut it for me was I was working for a uh, little newspaper in the San Fernando Valley. I started out as a marketing manager. I wound up as the operations and IT manager as well. I set up an entire network from scratch. When I got there, they had one one printer. Uh, they didn't have any email addresses for their employees. Um, really, really not uh, good for getting things done. And by the time I left the company, everybody had their own computers on their desks, their own printers if necessary, or they were networked into the printer, their own email on the correct domain. And it really sped up productivity because everybody had the ability to go online by themselves without having to wait for a computer to do that. So you became a real techie guru to everybody. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, and it was my, wasn't my intent, but that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so that, after, yeah, go ahead. After that position, I decided to take a look at my life and see what else was out there because I was tired of marketing. Um, don't tell my wife that. Uh, we, everybody um, cut marketing usually the very first time something goes bad. And, you know, when the market goes down, what happens? They don't cut sales. They cut marketing. I kind of got tired of that. So I said, well, why don't we just go and do what we love and go to school and get some certifications for technology? And this was about three years ago before security really became a huge issue. So I went and did the CompTIA certifications. And as I was going through my training, I realized something, and that there is a disconnect between the business person and the IT person, and how they speak. IT doesn't speak well to business. Business doesn't speak well to IT, and there's a lot of disconnect and a lot of, uh, of um, issues surrounding that. So I decided to take my business experience and use that 
in the IT world to talk techie, if you will, to non-techie people, but make it understandable in small, easy-to-swallow chunks versus throwing out all kinds of three-letter acronyms and saying things that, uh, you know, you, you don't even know are English or not. Yeah, right. So that's what I did. And um, when I started taking my security certification, it really opened my eyes. And I decided, well, you know, I think I'm going to... Um, focus on security because there's so many issues regarding the internet now. Yes. I, I have a really good example, actually. Um, and this is over 12 years ago. I was uh, finding, trying to find my father. Um, and I went to uh, the county seat and got a copy of my parents' divorce papers, and it had his full name and social security number. Oh. Now, remember, this is... Right, this they is, don't do that anymore, thank God. <laughs> yeah, this, this is many, many, many years ago. I went online, and I paid a company $35. And from that, I was able to get everything about him, all of his background, where he lived, if he had any kids, if he owned any businesses, everything. I could have stolen his ID if I wanted to. Right. And that was And that was about 13, 14 years ago. Yes. Um... So did you find him? Yeah, I did. But unfortunately, before I got a chance to uh, meet up with him again, he passed away. Oh. But I did find a half-brother, so I got something out of it. Yeah. So, um, that, yeah, that's part of the beauty of the Internet. But it's true. Right. I mean, that that's we were seeing a lot of identity theft from those kind of court records and yep. public records that now, yep. at least in the state of California and many other states, we've passed laws that that has to be redacted or, you know, or removed entirely. Right. So that's the good news. But unfortunately, there are websites out there um, that gather this information. Right. And allow you to still get it. Uh, there's one website out there. I can't quite remember its name off the mo at the moment. There's There but, are a ton of them that still um, do that if you pay the right price. Yeah. Well, even free. Yeah. Uh, but... You, what you need to do if you do come across one of those sites is to look into their um, their privacy. rules and regulations. Yeah, they usually have are, it under their privacy policy. Yeah, because there are ways to remove yourself from those particular websites, which uh, we did for myself, my wife, and my in-laws. We took ourselves off of that website. So, yes. And what they were able to get from it was, although it wasn't accurate, it was Accurate enough, but it wasn't accurate. Um, where we lived, what type of um, income bracket we were in, uh, what our specialties were, pictures, if they if we had pictures up. Um, yeah. You pretty much name it. And, and that, that was up there for the taking. So that's, and again, this was, uh, this was as I was getting my security certification, and I just said that there's got to be a way to stop this right and and it you know i mean you can write to some of these companies and they will take it down i mean there's a bunch of them but i mean there as soon as they take it down somebody else has it up so oh, yeah. it is it is really um something that you have to there are some companies that say that they'll take that stuff down but you really have to know what you're doing uh to be able to do that and it's uh it's not an easy task can i mention companies by name 
if I yes. okay. Uh, there's one company out there that I think is worth lo- looking into, and that's LifeLock. No, absolutely not. No, no, it is absolutely not. No, I'm going to have to tell you no because okay. yeah, LifeLock Why? is not worth looking at. LifeLock was um, sued by the Federal Trade Commission for deceptive practices um, and had to pay twelve million dollars just this last year and. I have a lot of victims that come to me that are getting no help from LifeLock. So, really? have, yes, and they asked me to be on their board and I refuse. So, huh. yeah, so I have to tell you that uh, maybe we shouldn't mention any more about. Yeah, I guess because I, I was lucky. We'll talk so. about that offline. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah but you can look up yourself and look at LifeLock lawsuits and the Federal Trade Commission yeah. fine. And you can also look up Experian's lawsuit against them for deceptive mm. practices. So, um, and they also. Let me just tell you quickly that I was on a task force this year and with the Consumer Federation of America, and we put together best practices for identity theft protection services. Mm-hmm. And you can go to consumerfederation.org, uh, dot, uh, dot mm-hmm. and you can see what we put together. And, and they have not adhered to those practices. They have not joined in. Oh, interesting. So, um, yeah, I think people, they are very good marketers. Very yes, good marketers. I, I, they absolutely are. If they... they are incredible marketers, mm-hmm. but the, the point is is that um, they do not deliver what they say. And oh. there's been, and Todd Davis, who is the uh, CEO, has put his social security number all over the place. And his yes, identity, I know. And his identity has been stolen at least 25 times, according to the uh, to the. Uh, Wall Street Journal. So, yeah, let's not, you know, I mean, they, there's a lot of hype about these companies. That's why I'm asking you to look at the Consumer Federation of America, because we actually put together a a whole list of best practices Mm. and certain companies signed on to those. And those are the companies that I would consider. Okay. Anyway, let's get back to um, some (laughs) the the expertise that you really have. And you and I can talk about this later, but. How about the with the sm- with the growth of smartphones? Oh boy! When, this is uh, you know I have this wonderful phone. It's a it's a Windows phone, okay, and it mm-hmm. does a lot of things like an iPhone. But let's talk to me about what are some of the um, what are some of the problems here? Well, for phones, especially smartphones, and especially yours, which is. Uh, Microsoft, and I'm assuming that you also have Pocket uh, Pocket Office on there with Word and Excel and PowerPoint. Uh, I don't have PowerPoint on it, but I do have Word and Outlook on here. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. I don't think I have PowerPoint on it because mm. I didn't really. It would be too hard to do a PowerPoint on this on this phone. Well, if they, you can plug it into uh, a little Pico projector, they call it, and do it anyway. That's a whole right. story. But the problem is that... The but I do viruses, have Office. Yeah, I do have Office, so I probably do have it. Okay, go ahead. The same viruses that can infect your computer can infect your phone. Yes. So if you received an infected file uh, from your to your home computer, do you have it hooked into your email address so it goes to your home computer as well as your phone? Um, the emails come from... They're the same as my business and my... Office, you know, my I have several emails that will come into this phone, yes. Okay. So if there is a virus in any one of those, uh, your phone can get infected and taken over. Wow. Now, there is uh, software out there that can uh, mitigate that. Uh, one is called Lookout. Lookout, okay. 
and that's available for um, Android. I'm not sure about Windows because they don't have as many uh, apps out there as the others. Right. And also, um, I believe, uh, the iPhone. But Lookout is an excellent product, and it's free, which is probably the most important thing. Right. Um, there are some paid versions of software out there, but as far as what people have been using here in my office, and again, this is a security firm, as well as uh, people, other people I know, they prefer Lookout, and I use it all the time. I've had no problems. It doesn't lock up the computer. It scans everything on the way down. You can also get, uh, I think Norton now has a virus protection out there specifically for uh, smartphone computers. And uh, I would recommend getting that for uh, one of the others out there that is free. McAfee has something that uh, it's not necessarily a virus protection software, but it keeps your um, computers safe from various other nasties that are out there. And it also has an application that if you, your phone gets lost or stolen, you can wipe it remotely. Yeah, that I have. I have. Now, Alan, um, let me let me give your um, your I guess your your uh, blog because you you talk about these kinds of things too, right? On your right. blog, and so um, why don't you? Your blog is Tips for Tech. That's T I P S, the number four Tech T E C H dot WordPress dot com. I think that's important because you want to have our audience be able to go and see some of these tips that yes. you give because we're, you know, if yeah. they're driving, they can't, uh, you know, take everything do down. Right. right. Well, they're not supposed to. Right. H- how about um, being safe? How f- safe are we with uh, free Wi-Fi? I never really use that, but how um, safe is it? My philosophy on free Wi-Fi is if you have anything on your computer, you don't want your mother, your grandmother, your priest or your rabbi to see, don't put it on your computer because, what free Wi-Fi is is basically an open uh, access to to wireless um, fidelity Wi-Fi. Um, so, say for example, the Panera has free Wi-Fi. You can go in there, turn on your computer, and you log in. And now, anybody who is also logged into into that uh, that Wi-Fi access point, uh, if they have something called a sniffer, which basically what it does is it, it's a little piece of software that goes out and examines all the packets of information flowing back and forth between the um, wireless router and your computer. That it, Those little packets contain information that would help that hacker get into your computer system and take control of it, or at least get into it and steal data that, or look around to steal data uh, on your computer. And you may have something like, if you're not real smart, you may have kept your tax return on there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, or a lot of people do banking that way. Right, exactly. You know, do online banking so they can get their um, get their passwords and things like that. Um, there is something called a VPN, a virtual private network, that can be set up to uh, eliminate those type of problems, but it's not for your average technology person. This is something that needs to be set up by a professional. Uh, otherwise, if it's not done right, it's not going to work anyway. And basically what a virtual private network is, is it creates a tunnel between your computer and a server somewhere out there, um, say your ISP, your, um, Microsoft or 
whoever your ISP is, and it creates a tunnel between your computer and that server, and the data that goes flows between is packeted so that it can't be looked at. So well, that Alan, would be the... Yeah, Alan, let me ask you. So if I go to a Marriott, if I'm traveling to do a speaking engagement, I'm at the Marriott or I'm at a Starwood, and, and I get into their network, am I, am I exposing myself then too? Yes, but okay. not if you use their wired network. If I plug it in. If you plug it in, you're fine. That's what I usually do. Yeah, if you use the wireless, anything can happen. Okay. Um, there are pieces of software out there that will help you. In case, if, see, if I had to go use a wireless, um, a free Wi-Fi, I have a software called um, TrueCrypt, T-R-U-E-C-R-Y-P-T. And it is a uh, free software that encrypts all of your data. Oh, wow. Cool. So you can set it up so that it encrypts your entire hard drive, which means nobody can get into your computer without having the proper password. And which you, should also be like, what, 12 letters, numbers, characters? Uh, it can be up to 20 or 30. In fact, most of my passwords are no less than 25 characters. So do you have one of those little, like um, like a thumb drive that has those uh, passwords so you don't forget, or how do you know those? Um, I have another piece of software. One of them is called LastPass, and recently they were in the news. Yeah, they, they just did were have hacked. A breach. <laughs> yeah. They were attacked, and I think we're actually working with them right now to fix that. Um, but it was only only the people who used weak passwords on their master password um, yeah, and when they had it on their thumb drive or something. Or? Yeah, well, when they when they when they logged into LastPass, if they had a weak password as their login, uh, those people were in danger. But those of us who have thirty or forty character passwords were not in any danger whatsoever. So, so will you spell LastPass? Is it L A S T P A S S? L A S T P A S S. Yes. Okay, so you go to lastpass.com. Lastpass.com. So, and the nice thing about LastPass, and again, even though they did have the breach, I still use them and I still recommend them just as long as you have a decent password. Okay. Is that it's in the cloud, and they have a, um, and by cloud, they have, it means it's on their servers, and their servers are highly encrypted. But you can take that software to whatever computer you're on. So say um, you're at, I don't, I don't recommend this, but if you needed to have all of your passwords available to you, they have, you can download that software to be put on your business laptop, even your cell phone, uh, a, a computer you're working on for a day or two, and that has all of your passwords and website addresses for those passwords um, there in that cloud. So if you go to a, to a specific website, say a banking website, uh, you can set it up so that you never have to type in anything. It will automatically log you in, which defeats uh, key loggers, those right. pieces of software that when you type right. stuff in. So... I, gee, I think I have 60 or 70 websites I use on a regular basis that all require passwords. Yes. And with LastPass, you can generate random passwords, which makes mm. it even tougher to crack. So mm. every one of those sites 
has its own unique password. And the nice thing about that is that um, if somebody breaks into that website and steals that password, it's not going to do anything for them because that password is just for that website. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And also, um, if it's random, then it also, would it change that password? Uh, it's random. By random, I mean, you can, you, you want to fill in the password box. A little box pops up from LastPass and says, would you like us to fill this in? You say yes, and you tell, you tell it how many characters you want, how many letters you want, how many special characters you want. Oh. And then it randomly selects that, and that becomes your password. Now, if your password is 3G9217A243999, uh, that's kind of hard to crack. Right. And that's what it does. It gives you those type of passwords. Plus, you also have the, you know, the ampersand and the percentage sign and all these other types right. of things. Now, not, not all websites take that, oh. uh, but the majority of them do, and... Um, I got to tell you, it it has saved me because there are I have heard of places that have had their um, you know their systems broken into, and I belong to them, but it had its own random password, so they weren't going to get anything else. Yeah. So you know, we don't even have a lot of time. We have about two minutes left. But why don't you tell me just kind of an overview of some really important things? Um, to kind of secure my my company or my personal computer, what kinds of what other kinds of stuff besides complex passwords and maybe using LastPass? What are some other things that we should do? Other things you should do: one, um, never put personal information on even your business uh, Facebook page or LinkedIn. Don't put don't put your birth date. Don't put your address. Um, you can put your picture, although I use, I have a picture of a dog for mine. Yeah, so I don't even, I, I, did we do that? Did we put the dog up on No, <laughs> no, you have the real picture of me. Okay, okay. Um, be sure that you always have a software firewall on all of your computers. Um, or a hardware one. Or a uh, hardware one. Hardware one is better, but yes. you can't carry a hardware one around with you. Yes. So a really good software uh, um, firewall is, is an absolute. Uh, you need to always be constantly aware of where you are because people can walk off with your cell phones. Oh, yes, and that's the other thing. If you have a cell phone or a smartphone that you have business information or personal information on it, be sure you lock it. It's the, those locks are there for a reason because if you don't lock it, your whole life just walked out of your hands and somebody else has it. What about so, what about encrypting your uh, your cell phones and encrypting encryption on your laptop and using that? encryption for uh, your hard drive and um, I don't there isn't well there isn't much in the way of encryption software for your um, for your phones yet but uh, nothing that I've tried anyway that I felt comfortable with but I recommend um, using TrueCrypt to encrypt. Uh, parts of your laptop. You can create little containers, and those that by themselves are completely encrypted. They're military-grade encryption. You can put all of your private personal documents into it, and nobody can break it. So you take all of your bills, you put it in the little encrypted container, it's called, and uh, someone steals your computer, they still have nothing. And that's the, the true... 
and that's the True Crypt. T R U E. Yeah, Crypt. I know I I encrypt all sensitive data from my clients individually on my on my computer, and send it by email encrypted to my clients. Yeah, they have a. I, I recently saw a new uh, encryption software for uh, email. The only problem is it's it's public key, so. Whoever you want to send email to, they have to have the public key and you have the private key. Or you can, you know, what I do is I call my clients after I give them a password. I call them with the password and Very then they smart. know what it is. Yeah, I never sent, people have sent me encrypted things and then they put the e- another email with the encryption, with the password. <laughs> and I'm going, what are you thinking? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I always assume whatever email, when you send an email, I always assume somebody can read it somewhere. You know what? We are out of time. Would you believe so? Wow, that was fast. I know. I told you. So we're going to send everybody to uh, your. Should we send them to your blog? I think that's the best. Why don't you? The yeah. blog is tips t i p s the number four tech t e c h dot wordpress dot com, and there you're going to see lots of tips, and and they can write you a question there. Yes, they can, and they can also get links to my other pages like Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay, well, we got to go. So thanks okay. so much. We'll have you back again, Alan. You take care. You take care. Have okay. a good day. You too. You've Bye-bye. been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning here at 8 a.m. And visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thanks.